0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Compliant Clients broadcast. I'm Chip Franklin, along with the founder and CEO, Dr. Servam Patel. Um, Let's talk a little bit about what Compliant Clients does for people that may not know that are watching this and, and the genesis of the idea.
1: Go ahead, please. Sure. Compliant Clients does one thing and we do it pretty well. We exist to prevent gaps in medical care. We do this in two ways. We provide transportation to and from medical appointments related to the injury. And secondly, we provide prescription coverage for injury related meds. And both of these are done on a lien. So it means it's on a non-recourse basis. And the attorney and client don't pay anything out of pocket up front.
0: And you found this, this,
1: this seed of this idea from your background, right? Absolutely. I'm a pharmacist by trade. So naturally, I love helping my patients. And the people I work with, which includes personal injury attorneys. I was originally just filling prescriptions for their patients or their clients under lean. And I asked them, how else, uh, how else can I help you? What other problems are you having? And one of the many problems that they asked me or they told me about was some of their clients are missing their appointments because after they get into a vehicular accident, sometimes they don't have another car at home. Sometimes they can't afford Lyft or Uber. Or sometimes they need wheelchair accessible transportation, or the provider is just too far away, so they couldn't prioritize making it to the appointment. So for one reason or another, people are missing their appointments, and that's what you know spawned the idea of compliant clients. I was like, well, hey, let me take that burden off of you and your client's shoulders. Let me make sure that they make it to their appointments, and let me make sure nobody has to pay out of pocket only until the case is settled, resolved successfully. And if for some reason it doesn't resolve successfully, I write the bill off 100%. I
0: I grew up around attorneys. My mom was a DA. My dad was a cop. Uh, I have a lot of friends who are attorneys. Whenever I tell them this idea, they go, that's a great idea. Because it makes sense. People get hurt and it's hard for them to get from A to B. And that's in a very important uh, drive from A to B. And so that kind of brings us to our, our first guest. Um, one of the most important reasons to have this done is because insurance companies live to say no. I mean, that's their job. right? <laughs> You're asking them for money and a settlement uh, from negligence on, on someone else's part that they're insuring. And so, if they, you know, I'm not knocking. They got to make sure they're doing it right. Our, our guest today is uh, an attorney. And a friend of mine as well, and and a really bright man. Uh, He was ABC News legal correspondent. You probably heard or saw him on television or radio. Uh, But his background kind of offers an insight into this issue. Um, First of all, hello, Royal. Good to have you here. My pleasure, Chip. Um, Dr. Patel, um, let's let's ask you this right out of the box. Um, What do insurance companies, uh, or what are they looking for so they can say no? I don't mean to put it in such crude terms, but in effect, that's the truth, right?
2: Well, I have an alternative truth I want to propose. Uh, I worked as a lawyer in a law firm for 43 years, and the great majority of my work was for insurance companies. Uh, When the company would deny a life insurance claim, they would call me in California, MetLife, Equitable Travelers, and I would defend them in court. If they denied a long-term care claim or a health claim or a disability claim and the person didn't like that it was denied and they sued the insurance company, I got to defend them. So the big picture reality, Chip, is that if you look at the statistics, anywhere from 95 to 98% of the claims, whether it's life or disability or health, medical, long-term care, are paid like a slot machine. It's the two, three, four, five percent of claims that the insurance company looks at and says, I don't really like the way this one smells. It (laughs) kind of reminds me of the old movie Double Indemnity. When uh, Edward G. Robinson played an insurance claims guy, and his <laughs> stick in the movie was—I tell you right now, I'll tell you I tell you—I got this. Yeah, I got this little man inside me, and he and he he senses when there's something wrong with this claim. And of course, Fred McMurray and Barbara Stanwyck were planning to bump off her husband, so his little man was right in that case. So for openers, you can characterize them as looking desperately to say no, or you can characterize them as they are shining knights and they help so many people. And every once in a while, that either way, it doesn't really matter for the purposes of our discussion. So here's my direct answer to your question. After 43 years in the vineyards, I can tell you that you got to go to your appointment. And you've got to do everything that is consistent with the idea that you really were hurt, you really were sick, you really needed medication. So for two reasons, it's crucial that you use this service and you get to your doctors. Number one, so you'll be healthy, you'll live, you'll get better quickly. But number two, if you get into a kerfuffle with the insurance company, which you will in two to five percent of the time, you want your lawyer to be able to look at that jury during the final argument years down the road and say, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, the evidence shows my client did everything consistent with being hurt badly as he really was. He went to all his appointments, he took his medication. So that's, that's the short answer to your question. It's hugely important to do your thing. Now, one little PS I'll add, insurance companies are always looking in a dispute for a way to undermine the credibility of the person they denied who then sued the insurance company. Because they know, the insurance companies know, the jurors are looking at these people and they're staring holes through these plaintiffs, these injured people, and they're trying to figure out, are they lying? I wish I had a lie detector, but I don't. Are they lying? Are they exaggerating? So when I would take the depositions, testimony under oath of literally hundreds of people who had psychiatric injuries, physical injuries, I can't work, I need long-term care, I would be probing for ways to establish that these people are liars. They are exaggerators. And how do you do that? Well, One favorite tool I had was if they had three symptoms, I would ask them, well, tell me all the symptoms you had. And a lot of the times they would list five, 10, 15 symptoms. Oh my goodness, really? You had restless leg syndrome as well as a brain tumor? And I would ask, um, how serious was it? Was it mild, moderate, or severe? Oh, it was severe. Well, was it constant or intermittent or just very rare? Oh, it was constant. And whenever I had a person who did have some legitimate beef possibly, but they're willing to lie and exaggerate. I knew that I had them because I knew that they would settle. Or if I went in front of the jury, the jury would hate them for being liars and exaggerating. Bottom line is, you go to the doctor when you need it. You don't go to the doctor when you don't need it. And you're going to win. Dr.
0: Patel, obviously you deal with a lot of personal injury attorneys. And, Mm. you know, I know that most of the ones I know, uh, in fact, the vast majority that I've met over the years are straight up. You know, they're trying to do right by their clients, but they have to put up with, you know, the latest tort exaggerations from, you know, uh, either local legislatures or the federal government. Um, And then they have to deal with, you know, it's tough. They're attorneys and they have people that are injured and all the psychological baggage that goes with those injuries. And they're just trying to help them get to these appointments. So, you know, again, exactly as Royals says, if Royals has them on cross, they say, I went on March the 2nd. I went on March the 19th. I went on April the 14th. Here's what the doctor said. I mean, that's irrefutable, right? I mean, in, in, in that the, if, if you go down that way,
1: slam dunk for the, for the plaintiff, right? Absolutely. There's so many cracks in the case that a defense counsel or insurance company should, can expose and probably should expose if, if it is not an illegitimate case. But Lack of transportation uh, because to their appointments shouldn't be one of them, right? Not taking your medications—that's just such low-hanging fruit that can be easily solved. And and put it this way: most law firms were just paying for the transportation out of their pocket, and so they, they always think, "Well, I've already been paying for an Uber and Lyft." Like, how how does transportation on Lean really change my you know um you know op- operating memory, right? And it's what I call saving time and money. Do you want to spend your own time and your own money? Putting out your own case, you know, your own law firm uh, funds as a case cost twenty dollars today is not twenty dollars eighteen months from now when your case resolves. Inflation's at an all-time high, five or six percent right now, and you only get that that same amount back. It's not a medical bill. Also, depending on you know the the state that you're in, ABA legal ethics, or the code of ethics, sometimes they view uh, funding a patient or a client's transportation as an advance. You're you're literally advancing funds to your to your client, which is um, a lot of times that is unethical, depending on the state that you live in. So why spend your own time and money doing it when you could have just outsourced this, just like a lot of other processes that are being outsourced every day at a, at a law firm. Their legal service providers are, are popping up left and right these past couple of years, all to help personal injury attorneys. And some of them, they just make a lot more sense than the others, depending on the case that it is. So in, in other words, what this
0: really is, is just helping both sides, right? I mean, it, it helps the PI attorney, but it also helps insurance companies, because I would imagine adjusters, Royal, they just want to get, they want to dot all the I's, cross all the T's, and give it back to their superior, and, and, and it was done
2: perfectly, right? That's exactly right. Uh, they want to do a, a good job. Now, some people are very suspicious of insurance companies, and for a while, for example, you may remember years ago, there was a disability insurance company called Unum Provident, that really had a rough time when Mike Wallace showed up and the 60 Minutes crew uh, was able to interview former disgruntled employees who said, guess what? We had a deal there where we were really encouraged to deny claims. We would get bonuses. It would help the profitability of the company. So you've got some suspicion there. But what you really- both sides though, Royal, I mean, the the public looks at
0: uh, attorneys and, and insurance companies probably with the same jaundice eye, right?
2: Yeah, exactly right. So they want to do the right thing. But at the end of the day, the reason you can generally trust what the adjusters are doing, and again, you know, the the statistics prove that the vast majority of these claims are paid, the adjusters don't want to get into trouble. If the adjuster says, I don't like the looks of that claimant, so I'm going to have I'm going to deny the claim. The adjuster knows all that claimant has to do is find a good lawyer. They file a lawsuit. Now the adjuster is giving deposition testimony. Maybe the jury slams the insurance company with a $10 million punitive damage award and the adjuster is out of a job. So you, you do the right thing, not only because it is the right thing and you're a good person, but also uh, you do it because you don't want to get into trouble. And, uh, you know, bottom line is, again, juries are always looking at people trying to evaluate credibility, who's telling the truth. And if you go to your doctor um, and you make your appointments, you're more likely to be trusted. Now, uh, patients should be aware that sometimes doctors and lawyers kind of team up, and the doctor uses a lawyer over and over and over, refers hundreds of cases to the doctor, and the doctor maybe over-treats, arranges for 30 appointments for PT when five or 10 would have been appropriate. And if you do that, again, you're running a risk that you're going to get slammed in court. And so as a smart patient, you should always be asking yourself, well, is this right? Should I really have to drive down to a physical therapy five times a week? Um, so you just have to be aware uh, because, again, everything you do will be put under a microscope if it winds up in court. Yeah. You know, Dr. Patel, this
0: makes me think um, that it makes me look at your services even more invaluable because there's so much going on in an attorney's office. And, and, you know, most of the groups we're talking about somewhere between eight and 12 people in an office. Right. Is that the number we're thinking generally for the, your, your general customer, your client? Um, and so they have so much going on. And this is such an important process, but it's not just picking up a phone. I mean, right. I mean, this is what you got to explain a little bit about how the process works when uh, you have a cl- uh, somebody that has to get to the doctor's uh, office and, and your communication with them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's just say the law firm has a client who needs a ride to the doctor's office and they just can't afford any ride on their own. All they have to do is go to our website, CompliantClients.com, log into their law firm account and enroll their client there. It takes under five minutes to get their client approved and they can then request transportation or even download a prescription card if that's a service that they need. And this prescription card can be text messaged directly to the client from the portal. If it is a ride that the patient needs, they can request the ride through the portal or case managers handle the rest. So that means if the patient, if the client misses their ride, the client is not calling the law firm back. The client calls, calls us back. Essentially, after the ride has been requested, the law firm can wash their hands of this transportation issue, because our case managers work around the clock to make sure that these clients make it to their appointment. And they can also schedule appointments far out in advance. It's not like you have to request a ride every single time an appointment comes up. A lot of times law firms know the next month or two months worth of appointments that a client has. They can just send us an email or or request all of those rides all at once. So that way they can rest assured that their clients have a reasonable means of transportation to make it to and from their medical appointments.
2: And Chip, I can I can add a point to amplify on what the doctor just said there. I've been talking a little bit about, you know, people who might be faking or exaggerating and they go to doctors too many times. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum let's think about a person who really was injured badly. Let's say they go to the emergency room and their x-ray's taken and their surgery's done and their sutures and all that. There's no question. This was a pretty serious deal. So now down the road, um, the, uh, there's a lawsuit against an insurance company or against somebody who caused the injury. And the question is, well, really how bad was, oh, it was terrible as of the day of the ER visit. We, we get it. But how bad was it in the next six to 12 months? That's really the question. Are we going to give this person anything? Are we going to give them 5,000 bucks, $5 million? If you don't go to the doctor the legitimate number of times you really should, because you're busy, you don't have the money, you don't know who to call, you're going to get creamed in court. Because, again, as the defense lawyer, I love it when somebody says, yes, ladies and gentlemen, the jury, you wouldn't believe the horrendous pain in my spine. I thought it would explode. And so I get to say to them, oh, OK, this is, sounds pretty awful. Let me ask you this. Um, you, you take any prescription drugs? Well, no, I didn't take any prescription drugs. You know, I was busy and I didn't have good insurance. Oh, so you had this horrendous pain, 10 on a scale of 10, constantly for 12 months. And you didn't take anything but aspirin? Well, that's right. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about doctor visits. So you had all this horrible pain. You had an insurance policy that would have covered it or you had Medicaid or whatever. And you had three doctor visits in the next year? That's all? Well, yeah, but, you know, I was so busy and Uncle Bert needed my help and so on. If you don't show up when you should show up, then the book of life, the record of this existence of yours will scream to the jury, he's faking it. It wasn't constant yeah. 10 on the scale of 10. So you got to show up. We, we live in a, in a cynical world without without a doubt. I
0: think we'll all Especially agree in a courtroom. Right. And that's why I love this so much. What compliant clients helps uh, personal injury attorneys do is to dot all the I's and to cross all the T's. Um, I mean, you know, the McDonald's case, which a lot of people have heard about, the hot coffee case, mm-hmm. most people in the media... Lembek. Right, yeah, in the media, they all looked and said, oh, this woman, she was. She got this hot coffee, she put it between her legs and took off, which wasn't true. The coffee was almost boiling. She, she wasn't even the driver. She was in the car by herself. She literally just tried to open the cup, which are hard, and spilled it all over herself. The truth of that story, which was settled out of court to an undisclosed figure, as many cases are. But it, it just goes to show you that you know, personal injury attorneys are facing uh, a, a, an onslaught of cynicism from the American public that these people are always trying to cheat. And yeah, and there are some people that do cheat, but for the people that obviously they bring into their firm, and and again, the, I'm not going to doubt the integrity of, of attorneys because these are you know, I mean, yeah, are there bad ones in every business? But most of these people are just trying to do the do right by these people who were injured due to the negligence of somebody else we want the whole system to get better and to be fixed. And that's why, again, you know, these these doctor's appointments, when they are attended, you know, with the diligence that the law demands, um, we get the kind of outcome that I think helps everybody. (laughs) What do you guys think? Is that I mean,
2: am I right? We're we're stunned by the brilliance of your comments. And Ah, I a little little postscript chip to your (laughs) Stella Lembeck. And of course, this is contrary to my interest, because I've given uh, hundreds of speeches about tort reform from the perspective of, of the insurance company. But Stella Lembeck, uh, she gets like three and a half million bucks. Right. And so then everybody goes crazy and says, Third Oh, degree hot coffee. Yeah, hot degree coffee. Yeah, that's part of the story. But yeah. the, the, the sort of, of, uh, First impression people got of the story was a lady got burned herself and she got three and a half million dollars. What's wrong with our tort system? Well, A, the judge reduced it. So she didn't get quite that much. But B, there was evidence that McDonald's had internal studies that said we sell more coffee if we have our coffee super hot. So hot, it's dangerous. And the profits go up. And we also have records of lots of scalding type injuries. It's a little like the Pinto case, or the, the the memo that, that was so horrendous for Ford Motor Company, the memo that said, well, yes. The the pinto will explode and burn three thousand people because of where we put the, uh, uh, the the gasoline. But you know what? We figured it out, and that will result in X number of lawsuits and X number of dollars payout, and we can live with that. So that's that's the kind of thing that a plaintiffs lawyer loves to discover because then they're going to be in the history books.
0: And guess what? Those suits made the world safer for people that go to McDonald's and for people that drive Ford. You know, products they did. I mean. Again, I, you know, I'm not doing this just to to curry favor from personal injury attorneys, Uh, but I do know these guys and I I see, you know, what they're up against. They're up against this monolith of, of people that, you know, that uh, insurance companies that have lobbied legislators to pass legislation that makes it harder. Um, And sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's not. That's, again, I go back to the, the, the the whole methodology here, which I love. It's like, you know, let, if somebody's injured, go to the doctors on your appointments uh, and we all want you to get better. And you, you know, do we, and you should be you should you should be you should get the kind of money that'll make the difference for what you lost. And and maybe sometimes that money also causes the companies that were doing the wrong thing to fix the, the things that they need to fix. Right. Yeah. Uh, Royal, thank you so much. It was really great insight. We really appreciate My pleasure. it. All right. We come back sometime. Absolutely. Thank you. Be well. All right. Bye bye now. Thank you, guys. Take care. Ah, so Dr. Patel, I think at the, at the heart of all this is um, a basic lesson: is that that you know, if you if you look and see what happens to the cases where they don't attend their uh, physical appointments or the doctor's appointments, um, it, it really can hurt the case dramatically, right?
1: Absolutely, and, and and also not attending medical appointments in a timely fashion, they can actually exacerbate pre-existing or Right. current medical conditions because they're yeah. not being treated so it gets worse so involving transportation when appropriate when your client needs it helps to of course document pain and suffering prevent gaps in treatment but most importantly help prevent more expensive you know procedures and treatment that may not have been needed down the road if that patient had been treated in a timely fashion as was prescribed by their doctor
0: well the thing i love about complying clients and, and your story is that you you saw a need and it, it's a really really impactful uh uh solution i think to what many personal injury attorneys face every single day and uh, we'll talk more and uh further compliant client broadcasts but great stuff today thank you so much for being here
1: thank you chip i appreciate your time